0: God bless you. Another podcast morning. Glory be to God. We're excited about what's going on. I'm excited. You know, we see all this evil and all this craziness, but when we see it, we got to understand what it means on the prophetic or the end time calendar. It means that Jesus is getting closer to returning and catching us away uh, from all this foolishness. So we ought to be excited about it. I got Pastor Kim here with me, my beautiful wife. She's feisty this morning. Y'all better watch out. She is ready to go. But before we get into this, let's pray and let's ask God to help us like we do on every show. Lord, I pray, and it's my prayer this morning, that you would lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, the Bible says ask anything. I ask today that there would be a spirit of revelation, that you would lead Kim and I, that we would speak accurately under the presence of the Almighty as the oracles of God. And and may we impart your word in such a way that it takes root, uh, that it just uh, holds on, it has holding power and ability. And and may we share within these end time teachings the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus is all about the end times. He's right in the middle of Bible prophecy. Uh, We thank you, Lord. We thank you, our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Welcome. We have a studio, an audience here in the studio today, and we're going to continue to do that. If we grow out of my office, uh, we'll go into a bigger room. So, if you want to be a part of this uh, live broadcast or live podcast, please let us know. Well, let's get into this. We're talking about the end times, the last days in which we are living. The Bible, uh, the the term concerning the last days is eschatology which simply means theology concerning death, judgment, or the final destiny of the soul. Uh, So we talk about eschatology, all we're referring to, that's a fancy uh, name, and and we're making reference to our last days here on this earth before we're raptured. Harpazo, Uh, that means uh, taken away, taken out rapidly. Uh, I have another scripture I'd like to read before we get started, and that's found in Luke um, in the 20 ver- 21st chapter, in the 36th verse, it says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Uh, watch, be prepared, be ready, uh, and pray, uh, stay close to God, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Uh, so we're in that day, it was prophesied 2,000 years ago, in the hour in which we are presently living, and we ought not be confused, but prepared and ready for Amen. our uh, Messiah's return. Amen? Amen. Well, good morning to you, hon. Good morning. I, I like your pink bubbly shirt and those eyes, you're batting her eyes at me. Uh, let's talk about a few things. We have questions that, we, that we've that uh, we taken from people, but I want people to understand Uh, We can only answer a question if there's a biblical answer. Uh, Some questions that were asked were great questions, but according to our knowledge, uh, there was no Scripture verse and or uh, an answer that came from the Scripture. And we have to be very careful. There's a lot of people teaching in in error, uh, false, uh, that have good intentions. There's a lot of people that are just in error, ignorant, uh, that have great intentions, but uh, there's a, a term that we use when we study or prepare a message or study the Bible. It's called hermeneutics, or or to be hermeneutically correct. And I, I have a little diagram to kind of explain that to you. Second uh, 2 Timothy 2:15 sa- says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God." Uh, so there's a certain way that you have to study. To simplify hermeneutics, we could say Scripture interprets Scripture, or or, or build in layers. Uh, that's the only way uh, that you can take it out of your own opinion. Uh, your, you know, you know, uh, my, my take, my, you know, what I, the way I feel, I want it to say is you, you begin to build on truths with layer in the scripture. But it's very simple. Hermeneutics really means the whole big picture. So instead of uh, getting a piece of the picture, you have to sometimes right. back out and get the whole of the picture. Uh, and we can also say it, it also is, is its uh, intent, its content, and its context. So when you study a scripture, you can study and look for the intent, the content, and its context. Uh, so in a lot of study, Bible study, people look for a part instead of the whole. Right. Well, in hermeneutics, uh, you have to study for the whole, the entirety of it. Like today, I know we have one question, uh, the, the Mystery Babylon. And the mystery Babylon is found in Revelation, the book of Revelation, uh, uh, 17th chapter. But unless you go into the uh, 15th, 16th, and 18th and kind of get the whole picture of the setting of it, uh, you can't define or study correctly the intent of it. Right. Uh, so uh, please understand as we as we answer these questions today, we're, we, we do the best we can. If we don't answer it the way you think it should be answered, we're not trying to please you. We're trying to bl- bring it into Bible context to where uh, it, it's truth, it's God's word, it's inerrant. So uh, first question I want to get to. And you say, why are you doing these end-time studies? Why? Uh, We have so much Bible prophecy, so many scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Almost one quarter of our Bible uh, is is prophetic or Bible prophecy. Uh, Several scriptures in the Old and in the New, uh, we're dealing with the end times, the falling away of the church. Uh, the state of the world before Jesus comes, what a mess it would be. Uh, we, we even see the time will come in 2 Timothy 4, 3, 4, uh, that the church, God's people, uh, says for the time will come, and I'll, I'll, I'll amplify this because this was written to the church, the time will come where God's people will not tolerate sound doctrine. God's people, Christians, born-again, spirit-filled people, will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction Uh, That challenges them with God's truth. But they'll want their ears tickled with something pleasing. They will accumulate themselves, many teachers, one after another, uh, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support their sin. We're there. That's where we're uh, presently living. That's why we combat it uh, with truth. Amen. Uh, So let's get into this. Everything we do is Bible-based, share, like, and so on and so forth. The first question we have, uh, will... The rebuilding of the temple happened before the rapture. Uh, once again, uh, let's give a little evidence to this. Uh, and I, I don't want to part ways and in, in separate friendships if people don't agree the way uh, we preach or teach. Uh, and, you know, uh, I don't know that I want to die on this mountain. However, uh, there are, are simply too many scriptures. Now, I understand deception. I understand how strong deception is, but the Bible is simply, uh, not simply, but extremely clear uh, on the tribulation, when it's going to take place, and and our part in the tribulation. Uh, You would have to have extreme help from false teachers to confuse that. And in false teaching, it does breed deception. Uh, So when we talk about the rebuilding of the temple happening before the rapture, The rapture will take place at the end of this church age. That'll be a sign that this church age that we're presently in has ended, has come to an end. It's run its course. It's no longer, the the Greek word harpazo, we're taken away. And then at at that point at the rapture, the tribulation will take place after that. So this question is, will the rebuilding of the temple happen before uh, the rapture? Pastor Kim, talk to us.
1: So according to scripture, the temple needs to be rebuilt by mid-tribulation. So mid-tribulation is when the antichrist is going to come, it's called the abomination uh, abomination of desolation. That's where he's going to sit on the temple. He's going to make himself as God. He's going to stop all sacrifices. So up until then, he's been the peaceful one. He's been the one, you know, with the peace, signed the peace treaty with Israel. He comes in, he makes peace with them. This he breaks the covenant, then he sits on the throne in the temple making himself as God. So according to Scripture, it does not have to be built until mid-tribulation. However, there will be sacrifices going on before that. So we know the tri- the temple has to be around before mid-trib, but we only know that it has to be done by mid-trib because that's when he's going to sit on the temple, declaring himself as God, and then that's when he starts declaring that people worship him, you know, all of that. So it will probably be done before that, like I said, because sacrifices have to be going on it could even be started to be rebuilt now i know when i went on the temple institute website they have the solid gold menorah is already ready
0: which the jews in preparation for the first coming of the messiah which they missed it are are, are, are making ready for him to come So they're a little behind.
1: So they have a Levitical choir that's trained in all of the songs that the tribe of Levi Levi would sing for like offerings and different things like that. They're training all the choirs for those original songs, those old songs, the clothing, like the priest robes and all that stuff. All of those are ready. The bowls, the vessels, everything they use, not replicas of it. So you can go in and see when you go into the Temple Institute, you actually go in and see the things that are going to be. In the rebuilt temple so they're getting all of that stuff prepared the temple is just not rebuilt yet there's too much activity but all
0: the elements are ready
1: all the elements are ready but jews for a long time were not even allowed to go pray on the temple mount they're allowed now to pray on the temple mount but there's still too many other people that are inhabiting that space right now so the temple is not rebuilt yet but it has to be finished by mid-tribulation amen
0: that's a, a great question and a great answer we also have scripture i see you have some scrip- scripture reference here and that's in Matthew twenty four fifteen, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4. Um, I, I follow a couple of news outlets, Jerusalem News, Israel News, and in there, and I made mention of this a couple of weeks ago, uh, they have priests, you know, high priests that have different jobs in the temple. And one of the jobs is to set the, the temple up or the altar up for a sacrifice, then tear it down, clean it and tear it down. And in that newsletter that I get, they said they've practiced and made ready for when the Messiah comes to start, you know, having uh, offering sacrifice. That they can do it now. They have it down to prepared and ready about two hours. So when he magnificently shows up uh, here on this earth, and they think they're going to begin to worship him, uh, he at that t- they at that time will somehow know, and then they're going to have two hours to erect or set up this temple and make ready have the the, the offerings set and on it goes. I also like we've made mention of this. There's so many particulars in Bible prophecy. It's not like it's a sloppy uh you know broadcast of maybes. That that's how the modern day prophets operate. Yeah. Is it, a fifty-fifty. It's like a crapshoot. But that our our God calculates things uh to the, the hundreds of thousandth in everything he has said and everything he has Uh, prophesied has come to pass he's the only one with a hundred percent accuracy all the time Uh, now uh, you talked about the heifer uh, uh, with red red heifer which means red hair Uh, they need one and and now there's evidence and, and there's a recording evidence now that there's three and those three i believe here are in texas texas is the cattle capital of the world but there's some uh, really uh, high-end cattle companies, so on and so forth, that are probably working with the Jews to call out or to separate this one red heifer, meaning there cannot be a black hair, a white hair, a tan hair, a gray hair, not one. or any kind of blemish on this heifer. Uh, now, from what I've read, and it's not Bible reading, but uh, different, like Israeli news, so on and so forth, uh, this is a very extremely rare occurrence, Uh, So that heifer, and if you look at the lifespan of a cow, uh, being here now, uh, ready, we don't have 10 years. Uh, We don't have 20 years. Uh, This is the first account that we've seen. This is once again another sign that the Messiah is coming uh, quickly. Uh, Can I get an amen out of the audience? That's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Secondly, we have another one. People who have donated their bodies to science or donated their organs like an organ donor on your uh, license. What happens when we are raptured? Do their organs meet up with their bodies again? Uh, This is your question you took. So why don't you answer that one?
1: I don't believe that the Bible addresses that specifically. So if, if the Bible doesn't address it specifically, it's probably not something that we need to concern ourselves with. However, Um, especially if it's like a matter of life or death to us, right? If it meant that you took someone's organs and that person was going to be raptured and your heart was going to disappear. Like, I don't really think that that's going to happen. I don't know that that's um, how the Lord does things. I think the Bible would have addressed it as something important to know, like don't take other people's organs. Maybe would have been a good verse, you know, to put in there. If that thought it was going to happen but in my opinion I feel like the God of all creation who created our bodies if you donated your heart to someone who's not a Christian and you got raptured I don't believe the Lord is going to take your heart from someone else to the detriment of their life take your heart and take it to heaven again, I, but like I said it's all speculation because the yeah. Bible doesn't say that but
0: we have two scriptures that I found 1 Corinthians 15 52 and that says that that we are going to the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, so uh, then the second scriptures. when Jesus returned uh, after he was resurrected, he returned to the disciples in his glorified state. And he said, you know, touch me not. Uh, so uh, he was in a glorified state. That glorified state was a human body with all its fingers, uh, its hands, because he said, look at my hands, my feet. He had a heart because you can't be on this earth without a heart, without lungs, without livers, kidneys, eyes, so on and so forth. Uh, so if we take those two scriptures, we would have to make a, an educated assumption, if you will, that wherever your body's parts are, now we don't know what's going to happen to these people. Once again, there's not a scripture, uh, but the Bible says that the, those who were dead first, the, the bodies of the deceased uh, first will meet Jesus in the sky. They're going to go first. So somehow you're going to take your body you're going to take your organs, and you're going to be a complete being in the sky. Uh, so I don't know if that helps that the person who asked that question. Uh, I, I do understand this. There's a lot of things biblically uh, that we cannot comprehend in the state that we're presently in. We just don't have the ability uh, to think that we're going to leave this earth, go to a heaven, and me and you being married for 30 years and completely and totally in love for 30 years, uh, I don't want to be separate from you for two seconds uh, to think that I'm going to enter into a realm where I'll be so preoccupied with the goodness of God that I i don't know if I'll, I'll forget about you, but it's not going to be, that that won't even matter. Babe, I am unforgettable. Not unforgettable. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my point being is you, you, you can't fathom those things, but that's what the Bible says. There's not going to be marriage, so on and so forth. You can't fathom those things. So some questions may be better off left alone, if they don't have a biblical answer, but once again, if you die, uh, you burn, you you know, you're cremated, uh, you're buried at sea, uh, sharks ate you somehow. Your body is going to miraculously come together mm-hmm. and be reformed uh, in the sky. Well, he Jesus
1: created comes. you from dust. Why can't he gather it all back up again?
0: Amen. Amen. Right? So, I hope that hope you got that one there. Uh, let's go into on another one. It says in Second Thessalonians two, three, and eight. Uh, we uh, will see the Antichrist, will we or will we not be raptured already?
1: All right, this is a question. This probably actually merits an entire study study, or an entire podcast. We There's no way that we could exhaust this study, probably even in one podcast, because it's a lot. And there's okay. several different views. You know, there's the pre- tribulation there's the mid-tribulation there's a post-tribulation view so some people believe the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation some people
0: if we just go and i don't want to hurt people's feelings if we go with the bible truth that we are going to be raptured before the tribulation uh, then can we we uh, begin to answer that question that way
1: we can, and that's the way, I mean, uh, there's still so many things that because the, the Bible, obviously, the Scripture interprets Scripture, and the Bible proves itself. And so the Scriptures that I got are the pre-tribulation rapture because I believe that we are going to be raptured before because the tribulation, the we believe, right, because according to yeah. Scripture, I think it's very clear according to Scripture, but we don't have time to read all of the Scriptures. Well, let's do
0: this next next week. Let's do uh, give the Scriptures on uh, why we base our faith in pre-tribulation. So, you know, we're not saying this because we're denominationalized. uh, We've been, you know, uh, taught by a cult or a club or a a group. Uh, We simply read the Bible. We study. We divide the word of God. And we do have help aids that are proven, you know, different teachers. Some are still alive. and, And then we don't just simply say because they said it, we believe it. We do our own Bible search, uh, so if we next week we'll take time and we'll, we'll go into uh, biblical truths concerning pre-tribulation, Amen. But you answer this question. Let's do it from a pre-tribulation stance.
1: So, because we hold that view at the church, and a lot of Christians do also, um, the reason why we believe this is according to scribula- tribulation. According to Scripture, the tribulation is the wrath of God. Right. This it's the God is going to start pouring out his wrath on those who rejected Jesus. It's the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not for the church. We accepted Christ. Why would the wrath of God be for us? And the, one of the scriptures that you read in Luke, what was it 21 yep. today? It says that we may be able to escape. Escape, escape doesn't mean escape through. It said, "Escape from That's right. the wrath to come. Escape from the things that are coming." I have several different scriptures. Um, Revelation 22. After Revelation 3, verse 22, the church is no longer even mentioned. So, after Revelation 3:22, you cannot see the church mentioned in revelation again until the last chapter of revelation after all of the judgments are over after all of the seals are opened the bowls have been poured out the trumpets after all that stuff then the church is mentioned again so after so revelation 322
0: to the hundred forty four thousand evangelists the, the two witnesses uh people who choose jesus people who don't people who take the mark so on and so forth but it does not mention the church the body of christ the church the body uh, of Christ, the church strange. today,
1: is who is has accepted Christ the bride. while we're here on this earth, right? It's the bride of Christ. So that was one scripture I wanted to mention. Then Revelation 3.10, which said, I will, ke- I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world. What's the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world? It's the tribulation. And the Bible says in Revelation 3.10 that he's saving us from that. And then we have... First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.10, where Jesus delivers us again. Here's another scripture: delivers us from the wrath to come. Romans five nine, saved from the wrath of God. 1 mm. Thessalonians five yeah, nine, appointed us uh, not; he hath not appointed us unto wrath. There's so many scriptures, and we don't have time to go into all of them because it's a lot. But we, and we can go back and look in um, Matthew in different chapters that talk about as it was in the days of Noah. And Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. And it talks about how Lot escaped. God brought him out before he rained down on Sodom and Noah. Gomorrah. God got Noah out before any drops of rain actually ever hit his judgment. head. That before judgment. judgment. That was judgment on the world. And he got out before this happened. There's so many things, and we can talk about it really in length next week or whenever it is that we you choose to do this, that. But the,
0: the, um, What's the guy that you really like that We that I like as well? Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans was... A mid-trib, like solid through and through, argue with you, mid-trib.
1: For 20 years. For
0: 20 years. Now, uh, Jimmy Evans has my stamp seal of approval. Not that he needs it. I mean, he's, I believe, a uh, practicing, you know, on his way, theologian. I don't like to give that term out because we never are finished. We're just practicing and learning. Uh, But I would say you can trust him uh, with any. a lot of these others we listen to. But for 20 years, he believed a certain way, uh, to, had scripture in the way he says it, just saw it wrongly, heard wrongly, listened wrongly. But then he came to the revelation, the biblical revelation of the truth, which is pre trib. So you can go find his story, and he, he teaches in an, an account uh, why uh, he changed his mind or how he learned one way and then why he, he, he sought. And, and finally figured out or gained revelation it was the wrong way. I just
1: believe that there's too many scriptures. Too and if you take apart scriptures, you don't just read them, but you take apart like what does wrath mean in this verse, and then what does it mean here? So wrath in you know, Matthew or whatever could mean this. And then if you go in the same scripture in Revelation, it says wrath. It means the same exact thing. So they're talking about the same tribulation, the same wrath of God. But I was thinking the other day in the car, so if... The tribulation is the wrath of God, right? That's what it says. The Bible says the tribulation is the wrath of God. And we Christians, we actually accepted Christ. But we are going to suffer the same consequences as those people who rejected Christ. Uh So we, we have to suffer the same punishment. We have to suffer the same tribulation, the same, you know wrath that they're going to go through as those who accepted christ when god looks at us he looks at jesus and so he doesn't see like he's going to punish his own son i have jesus in my heart that's what the bible says when we accept christ as our lord and savior Jesus comes and lives in our heart. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ. So Mm, mm, us that see us that have accepted or we that have accepted Christ. When God looks at us, he's like, no, it's still punishment for them anyway, because it took them too long. Or like what what guarantees us our punishment when we actually accepted? We were the ones who accepted.
0: That's exactly right. And it says we've been justified uh, by faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, We have we've been uh, given right standings or fellowship has been uh, reconnected through Jesus Christ. What
1: did we learn in the Baptist church when we were growing up? Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Yes. Didn't we learn yes. that in the yeah, Baptist I, church? <laughs> we sure did.
0: Just as if, if I'd never sinned. And that's really what it is. I've been justified by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The Bible is very clear. If you go the other way, uh, when when is the, the great supper, the, the wedding feast? You know, it, it, it there's no account of it after the tribulation or mid-tribulation. It takes place for seven years. So where's that second seven-year set? You know, if it happens post-trib, we enter into now another age is gone. Uh, we go from the, the age of dispensation, the church age we're in. That ends. Then we're going to go into a, uh, the age of tribulation, seven years. That ends. Then we're going to go into another age, a thousand-year millennial reign age. that will come. That will have a beginning and an end. Then we'll go into eternity. Uh, so you look at all these ages. Well, if you believe, then where do you get another seven-year period for the, the supper feast or the bride and the groom coming together and having a, a seven-year uh, festival? And where does
1: the judgment seat of Christ fit? If we don't have the seven-year tribulation and where we're in heaven with Christ, where does that judgment seat of Christ fit where That's we good. get our rewards for the things? Who is he judging if we're not there?
0: That's good. Glory to God. Amen. Are we helping somebody? Well, let's do this. I'm going to answer my question, and then we'll get back to the Pope. Uh, someone asked, you know, what do you think uh, the Pope will play, or will he, uh, his part in the last days, and or uh, with religious leaders? And I believe he plays a big part because they're already having meetings, and some for some reason, I don't know why Christians, I don't know why, you know, and, and I say Christians, I mean, you know, you got four gospel Baptists, like everybody that falls under that, uh, that they want to come, uh, up under, it's like the, the the Roman Catholic Church is the Mecca of Christianity, and it's not. It's not. Uh, but we, we perceive that in error and deception, and it's almost like the Holy Grail. If we could all just you know come up under or be a part of this mega movement, uh, and we see now where they're meeting and the Pope is involved, and the Roman Catholic Church is highly involved in trying uh, in, in is very progressive with a one world religion which is very uh, prophetic, very biblical concerning the end times. But I want to deal with this question. Someone asked, uh, who is the mystery Babylon? Uh, So if you go to your Bible quickly to to Revelation, understand this. Sometimes you hear people slip. uh, Revelations, John had one revelation in A.D. 95. It was on the Isle of Patmos where God visited him, uh, gave him insight and understanding where he penned these uh, verses, books, this book, verse, chapter, uh, chapters of what God said, and the majority of it deals with directly the rapture, the church raptured, and then the seven years and then the thousand years. So this was the, the once again, revelation that John had. But in the 17th, I don't have time once again to go into the 16th and then the 18th, but I'm going to try to answer your question. I'll make reference to uh, those different chapters. So the first verse says, And they came one, seven angels, which had seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon the upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and, and inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Uh, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman Uh, sit upon the scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, uh, color and decked with gold and precious stones, pearls having a gold cup in her hand full of abomination, filthiness, and her fornication. And upon her forehead was the name written Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother harlot and the abomination of the earth. Now, I'll stop there for a moment, and in order to, to get a picture of this, we first would have to, to reference the original city Babylon in the Old Testament, and, and that's back in Genesis 11, but let's, let me just kind of fast forward, because if I were to go and try to break this down, it'd probably take us another hour. In the city of Babylon in the Old Testament, it represented wealth, place of, of great wealth, uh, it was a, a place of security because the idea of Babylon was twofold. A lot of people just think it was a place where they tried to, to build a tower to get to God. But a lot of people don't understand that the wealthy uh, had built a tower in the event or, or that there was a second flood. They thought that they would be able to escape in that tower, at the top of that tower. But that place in the top of that tower would be reserved for the extreme wealthy. All right? Uh, once again, uh, so we had a place of wealth, uh, a place of security uh, to escape another uh, flood. Uh, and, and then they thought they could build their way into heaven, is, is the reason we all, all hear it, and on and on it goes. But we must understand it was a place without God. Uh, this tower, they celebrated other gods. This was an extremely uh, ungodly, uh, horrible uh, place. We can even write this down if you're a note taker. The first Babylon uh, was rooted against uh, the divine will of God uh, and, and was in direct rebellion against God. So it wasn't it didn't start out good and evil. It started out was birthed in evil and progressed in evil. Uh, so when we begin to look at that, then we can look at uh, the, the, the dual uh, meaning when we look at this New Testament revelation, uh, Babylon. Now, I think it's pretty funny, and I didn't have a lot of time, but I, I do look at Google, and I take it with like a, you know, a grain of salt, so to speak. It, but this is a fact that Saddam Hussein, uh, an evil man a couple years back, about four years ago, was bent on, uh, 2018, uh, how many years ago that is, uh, was bent on um, restoring Babylon. Now, uh, write this down, look at this for a second. Some of you really like this. If you look at the modern-day map of ba- Babylon, it, it's a, a modern-day Iraq, and it's next to the Euphrates River. Now, some have even said, and I believe, once again, biblically I wouldn't say this out of an opinion, but the, the headquarters of God or the capital city of, Jerusalem, or of Israel is Jerusalem. Uh, so a Satan always has a counterfeit. Yeah. And the capital city of Satan and or the Antichrist will be modern-day Babylon. So you can begin to see this mystery uh, person and on and on uh, it, it, it goes. So let's look at this. Let me go a little further. Once again, the, the old Babylon that's going to be rebuilt is uh, the new city, Babylon, we see on the coast of Ephesus. It, uh, it's an evil city. It's demonic. It, it's going to have money. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a, not only a city of government, but enterprise. Uh, so when we hear the word one world church, one world government, uh, one world leader, one world God, that points to, in the book of Revelation, begins to show us that this is the reign of the Antichrist. So this this mystery Babylon uh, and, and or this city of Babylon, it, it, well, let me say this. The mystery Babylon uh, points to a, a, the city of Babylon, which looks like it will be the Mecca or, or the seat and or the capital city for the Antichrist and the governings of the Antichrist. So that's what... Uh, In a nutshell, once again, I got two pages of notes here that I can continue on. It's also funny that the the word Babylon is used 290 times. The only city that's talked about more than the city of Babylon is the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So once again, you see now in prophetic code, if you will, a combating of good and evil. Uh, The city of Satan. Uh, the capital city of Satan, Babylon, and then you see the capital city, uh, Jerusalem, uh, which also we can even say that 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 will be the capital city of God, and that will be the capital city of the world uh, when we come back in the millennial uh, Amen. Uh, reign. Amen. The Bible's very clear yeah. about that. Uh, once again, they're, they're trying to revise old Babylon, and it will be revised uh, after we are raptured away. You'll see Probably in, in the second half of the tribulation, uh, this city uh, completely, totally revised, completely and totally thriving. And it's going to be full of money. It's going to be full of ideas. It's going to be full of evil. And it's going to be r- the, the rulership and, and the reigning elements of society will reside there. Now, you ask about the fornication. You ask about the, the different things and on and on and on it goes. This isn't a woman sleeping with people, isn't people drunk by a woman's perfume or or so on and so forth. Uh, This is a demon spirit that that deceives and they liken it to uh, men. You know, when a man is deceived by a woman naturally and goes into her bed in error. uh, Now, if you're a married woman, if you're a prominent man, if you have businesses, uh, this woman now can have a stronghold on you. Uh, So the idea is here that the nations are going to get in bed with this idea, this one world order, this demon, demons, and this demon now will have power over them and will control their every move. In so much, you look at deception. They'll become drunk uh, to the place where they're so deceived that they're not even going to know they did error. I mean, you look at our modern-day government now. In our modern-day government, you can't say, the people that are in Washington now—they're very smart people. Now, now we all make they say, "Oh, how stupid could they be? How dumb could they?" That you don't—you're not—you're not, you're not stupid—and make your way to the headship of a nation by being stupid. Uh, now the the right term would be you can be drunk, uh, so deceived that you're drunk, uh, completely and totally uh, drunk, ameberated under an idea, to where you no longer. Uh, have your own wits or abilities about yourself. That'd be the better way to say it. But that's the picture now of this uh, mystery Babylon. Yeah. And, and you, know, you say, well, why do they call it a, a mystery? Well, obviously, if you study this, there's so many variations and there's so many teachings. Uh, and let me say this to you. Um, if you're watching and listening to us, you probably watch and listen to a lot of preachers and teachers and on and on it goes. Uh, I would be very careful... You know, it seems like people fish for information, uh, meaning a variety. It seems like you'll hear something there, here, and then your little soul, like our little souls always do, uh, will never be fulfilled until we leave this earth. So then it's going to fish for something that's combative to the truth or to what we say, and then you'll fish for something else, or or search is another word we can use. Um, uh, Quit fishing and looking for answers to please your soul right. and get into the B-I-B-L-E and let God uh, begin to anchor your faith, if you will, on the truth. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. So uh, I'll write down, give you reference scriptures. Uh, Revelation seventeen eighteen, Revelation 4 through 5. Uh, 17, 18 talks about a literal city. It doesn't talk about a mythical, uh, spiritual-type uh, demon. Uh, Revelation seventeen eighteen talks about a literal city. Uh, Revelation 15 through 18 uh, talks about a a world or one world order. Uh, Revelation 4 through 5 talks about the capital city of the Antichrist. Uh, Revelation 18, 1 through 2 talks about the uh, a world center a world center. Uh, Revelation 19 or, or 18, 9 through 19. Revelation 18, 9 through 19. Uh, talks about a, a global economic authority. Uh, Revelation eighteen twenty through twenty four uh, talks about Babylon will be destroyed suddenly and completely to never rise again. Uh, so there's your 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 mystery, Babylon, in a nutshell. I, I hope that answers your question uh, and helps you. And once again, when you read and you hear, uh, all the different uh, descriptions that John received and then conveyed, you, you have to be careful because a lot of them aren't literal. Now they're factual. But that doesn't mean when he talks about a whore and talks about fornication, uh, one's mind, uh, simply in your mind, you'd go to a, a singular sure. person having sex with other people. Uh, but that's not the case here. It's not the case when it talks about uh, the sea. You know We've learned that in, in the Bible it talks about the sea. Now some places when it's describing an ocean or a body of water, it's a sea. But in the book of Revelation, John a lot of a time will describe sea, meaning a, a masses yes. of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you have to decode the Scripture, hermeneutically divide the Scripture. You can't simply just read it and think that you're a Bible scholar, to which I don't think I'm a Bible scholar. I think I am a, a complete novice concerning uh, Old Testament or, or, or end time studies, uh, however, whatever I tell you, I will perfect and or do my best to come up with the biblical truth right. before I convey it. Right. So uh, do we have time for maybe one more? Is the Pope question uh, quick or long?
1: No, it can be quick.
0: All right. What uh, do you think the Pope will play in the end times? Do you think uh, he will be the false religious leader?
1: I don't, you know, obviously the Bible does not mention specifically um, if this Pope or the Pope will have anything to do with it. However, there is a, and I have this book, and I bought it years ago, and I never read it, and then... I well, That's I read some. Book. I read some of it. It is a long book, and it's an interesting book. I read some of it. It's called "The Final Pope Is Here," Petrus Simonus, and it's by Thomas Horn and Chris Putnam. Chris Putnam is a gone on pe- be with the Lord, but Thomas Horn is still around, and he writes several books. and I have several of his books. Actually, they're very good. But this book refers to an ancient prophecy that was written by. It's called the Saint, the prophecy of Saint Malachi, and it's hundreds of years ago. He wrote this. Um, prophecy and it talks about Malachi Malachi so it talks about um, the 112th Pope being the final Pope so the last Pope Pope was it Benedict the last Pope Pope Benedict was the 111th Pope he resigned popes do not resign they die in office he's the first Pope in 600 years to resign and he resigned as the 111th pope. This prophecy, this ancient prophecy by St. Malachi said that there will be 112 popes in his prophecy. We know that we're coming to the end, the climax of the ages, right? Where It's not like a, a big secret that the rapture is right around the corner at any time the tribulation could start after the rapture. So this current pope, sitting pope right now, is the 112th pope. So in scripture it talks about israel becoming a nation 1948 israel became a nation and scripture says that the same people that saw that happen will be the same people that see the end happen so that's in what and and according to scripture a lifetime is 70 and if by good health 80 years so we're right here israel just hit what 76 years as a nation so if this pope is the pope that will see the church the catholic church into the rapture um he's now 86 i believe years old And if he's the one who sees the Catholic Church through the tribulation, he would be like 93 years old by the time the tribulation ends. So if this is the final pope, the 112th pope, now scripture does not say this. This is actually, this is according to an ancient, ancient prophecy. And a lot of, you know, his prophecies have been fulfilled, you know, along with the other popes that have progressed through the times. But if that is the case, the rapture has to happen here pretty soon because he's not even in good health. I think the last time I saw him, I haven't seen him in, in a while, but the last time I saw him, he was in a wheelchair. And so if that's the case, and he's the one who will see the church, the Roman Catholic Church through the tribulation, he'll be 93 years old if the tribulation happened today, if the rapture happened and tribulation started today. So we don't really know. If this is true or not, it's just an interesting read. The if Bible is, doesn't it's say it's going to have to happen quickly because this is the final. If this is the final pope, the 112th pope, then this it needs to. We need to get
0: on with this. We need to get on <laughs> with it. So back to, do you think the pope will play a role in the end times beyond prophecy? Uh, like I think that question kind of leads to. I, I think he's he's having a big role in Bible prophecy. By Even organizing, and it may not be the Pope per se, but the organization of the Roman Catholic Church, which he is the head of, uh, but organizing meetings with other world religions uh, to form not only back to the, the mystery Babylon, not only to form the one world order, but the one religion order, uh, the Mecca of one, uh, meaning there's going to be one singular person that tries to rule the universe will be the Antichrist. So I believe, yes, totally. Uh, we can see if, if the Lord comes back in his lifetime, it'll be prophetic that way. But I believe more so him trying to uh, be a part of joining people together in error. Uh, we also see we see that I don't remember uh, what year it was, but there was a man that was trying to involve uh, the Pentecostal church with the pope several yeah. years back. And he, he, he died immediately, a very uh, crazy death. Uh, so I don't know. Well glory to God I, I need to make a correction. Saddam Hussein, Hus- Saddam Hussein uh, was I, I believe uh, k- uh, killed in 2006 but from 1983 was the date uh, till he was imprisoned. He spent millions of dollars. He thought that he was Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated <laughs> and spil- spent millions upon mil- filthy money just a, a crazy amount of money to reconstruct uh, Babylon. Uh, so uh, that that's I want to fix the, the date I gave you a few minutes ago, uh, but understand that uh, once again, back to Babylon, the mystery of Babylon, uh, just uh, being completely rebuilt city and, and once again, believing it to be the capital city of evil and of the last days. Well, no. I think we got most of those questions. There was a few we didn't answer uh, due to we, we don't have scripture or, or any scripture, uh, pieces of scripture to answer them. I can give you like an opinion derived from uh, scripture, and I'll call you and do that personally. Uh, I love you. God bless you. I hope this helps you. Next week, we'll deal with more so uh, directly on uh, pre-trib and post-trib and mid-trib and kind of just give you scripture after scripture after scripture to help you understand. Then please don't be one of these people. I hear it all the time that people say, I believe Jesus, I don't care about all that, I don't care you know, what happens, I don't care as long as I make heaven. I've even heard people say, I don't care if I'm here in the tribulation or, or, or during the tribulation as long as I make heaven. Trust me, you will care. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says in the, in the first chapter of Revelation, the third verse, blessed is he that readeth and that heareth, the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand so i want to be blessed the bible says if you study this book the book of revelation or the prophecy that you will be blessed so we're going to continue on this if if it becomes redundant or ridiculous to you you better fix yourself uh those listeners out there Uh, god bless you thank you for being in here yeah you all can go ahead and clap if you'd like let people hear you Uh, Until next time, uh, don't forget we got church this Wednesday night. But until next time, we love you. We thank God for you. Share this and help us get the word out. Thank you, Pastor Kim. I love when you're here. God bless you. you. Glory to God.